This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Wash our hands. Off to our elbows. These are the things, the things we know, we know. If people want to wear a mask, that is okay. These are the things, the things we know to prevent you from speaking moistly. Speaking moistly. Keep two meters apart. Speaking moistly. All right, well, there you go. Uh, there's a new hit. It's trending, speaking moistly, as the Prime Minister yesterday in his press briefing uh, actually couldn't find the words to describe why you ought to distance yourself. And uh, if, in fact, uh, you find yourself speaking moistly, for want of a better term, he said, you just wrap a scarf or a bandana around your mouth. It's, moistly. It's pretty catchy. Contagious, one might say. Hey, look at you right there, Michael Downey, back in the shop. He's teeing up the tunes. That's going to be a big hit. People are going to be bumping and grinding in the club someday when we're allowed back in. There you go, pounding on a mound of sound. <laughs> With your loving Uncle Johnny, good afternoon. Here we are. It's just Moistly. 24 past the hour. Oh, God. <laughs> what an image. <laughs> Speaking moistly. Uh, you ought to, Downey, why don't you go and churn out a bunch of T-shirts or something like this? This is this kind of stuff, you know, a brilliant entrepreneur would seize the moment. And uh, you're as, an brilliant, enter- not- as an enterprising young soul, it behooves me to undertake this. All right. Did you actually see him when he was saying, uh, if you're speaking moistly? I did. I mean, I caught it at the time, but I said, geez, I don't know. Are people ready to laugh about anything in this day and age? Uh, And certainly this has given us a little pause for merriment. All right, Michael, nice work. Speaking moistly. Uh, It's a musical remix of Justin Trudeau. And uh, that being said... One who always speaks eloquently of city matters. Our friend Stephen Holliday is a deputy mayor, Council Ward 2 at Tobacco Center. He's joined us on the line this afternoon to give us an update as to the city's protocols when it comes to fighting this damn thing. Stephen, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, John. You know what? That intro put a smile on my face, so good for you. <laughs> I live to do that. I live to do that, my friend. So let me ask you this, because, you know, uh, the the uh, mayor was saying, you know, we're going to really get uh, medieval here and crack down with a blitz, especially for this Easter weekend. How serious is he about that? I mean, he talked about having, uh, I think it was 200 bylaw enforcement officers, 160 from the Toronto Police Service. What's the deal with that? Well, they're they're out. They're working. They're working now. I know this uh, because I get part of the briefing as a member of council, and they are going out to the locations. And I heard the mayor talking about the parks and, uh, you know, we know, and I know because I get the calls to my office, there's still people out there that aren't taking this seriously. And, you know, they're putting themselves at risk and they're putting us at risk because of that, even though we're complying. And uh, I, I am quite confident that the mayor um, and, you know, the city officials will not hold back in making sure that people are following the advice from the chief medical officer of health and social distancing. It, it is very serious. So what are the fines? Um, I, uh, I understand they're anywhere from seven fifty dollars uh, to $5,000, depending on the offense and the act that you're being charged under, and uh, potentially even higher. Um, I think the, the bylaw officers are human, so I think it usually starts out with uh, you know, a request to break it up. But those, uh, those tools and those tickets and those fines are in place if people don't comply. 
You know, I hope you're right about that, because last hour I was talking to Michael Bryant. Uh, he's the general counsel for the Canadian Civil Liberties Association, and he's got great pause for concern because he's even wondering about the constitutionality of all of this, and uh, I won't debate the finer points of a health crisis versus the Constitution, but he thinks there's a risk of overreach on the part of the bylaw enforcement officers. You empower them, and uh, they go haywire. There have been cases cited in Ottawa, somebody walking their dog, and they get slapped with a, an 880 fine or you know a couple playing uh you know tossing a frisbee somewhere and suddenly uh the crackdown on them occurs have you heard any responses that maybe there's overreach or uh it's been for what otherwise might be seen as trifling matters a danger that people are taking liberties I have not heard that, um, and I, I rarely hear those types of stories. And I'll, I'll not say that they never occur, but, you know, our bylaw people are experienced. They're out there. They're dealing with humans every day. And for the most part, the ones that I've ever interacted with is that, you know, they try to get the problem solved, number one. They're not out there to write a ticket. Um, they just want people to comply with the rules and uh, and move on. And I'll tell you, the bylaw officers aren't, you know, hiding in bushes and wandering the streets. They're going to the places that they know that that is generated by public com- complaints, and there's four or five hundred of them every day put into three one one about people congregating. So they go to the place that they're they're congregating, and they get people to move along. Again, with Stephen Holiday, Deputy Mayor, let me ask you a couple of other things that have surfaced. Uh, now, some of the public libraries in Toronto are being used to house food banks. Yeah, I, I heard uh, that there was some work being developed to do that. Um, we know that uh, food security is a major issue um, through this emergency. Uh, more people than ever are out of work or, or otherwise in uh, economic despair, and their mobility is reduced. It's harder just to walk out and go to the grocery store right now, especially um, if you're not able to walk or uh, not able to take a cab or, or have some other challenge. So people are turning to the food banks, and you know one of the challenges they have is just physical space and getting the locations that get close to the people. So I think that's a good use of public resources that are otherwise closed right now, and that's the city doing their part to manage this emergency. You know, the last time we spoke, I guess the uh, mayor had mentioned in one of his daily briefings that the burn rate for the city was $65 million a week in lost revenue. Uh, you know, traffic tickets, uh, everything from a lower use of the transit and so on, at 65 mil being lost on a weekly basis. And uh, I guess we discussed the inevitability of taxes having to go up or somewhere to find that money, because if this thing's prolonged, and you heard the prime minister earlier today saying it could well go into the summer, uh, Calgary just this week raised their uh, municipal taxes 7.5%. What, are we sh- what should we be bracing for? So it's early to say. I can tell you uh, the best people we have are working on this right now. And again, councillors are being briefed on this type of stuff. And, you know, I've heard that number as well, $65 million. Um, a lot of it does have to do with the TTC. And we do know at some point people will go back to the TTC and they will be using it. Um, but, yeah, this is huge. Um, to give you an idea, uh, $65 million is about a 2.5% tax increase uh, and that's per week. So um, um, my suspicion uh, up front, and again, I, I can't say for sure or anything like that, but 
Uh, I think we're going to see things like capital works, um, repairs that can be stretched out, stretched out a little bit further. Um, let's hope the municipal land transfer tax holds out and that the real estate industry keeps going. And if we have to, yeah, you know, uh, think about that and how to support that, that's an important thing. But, but yeah, I, I would not be surprised if there's an above um, um, traditional tax increase as part of the mix of things to pay for all this. And I think citizens understand that. I mean, they, they, we, we've got to make the finances work, and we have to pay for this emergency. We'll wait and see uh, when we get to that come-to-Jesus moment, so to speak. But finally, I, I understand the cities come together with the various sports teams, the professional teams, and they put out a Stay Home Toronto video. Tell me about it quickly. Yeah, I saw that. You can you can look it up online. It shows uh, some pictures of the city, and uh, I remember uh, Hilly Wickenheiser and uh, Mike Pinball Clemens and the mayor are on it, and they're trying to get that message out uh, to stay home. And again, we're just trying to reach as many people as we can. And um, you know, I thank uh, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment for for helping put that thing together, but. Getting that message out and and getting uh, people all sorts uh, to pay attention, Um, if that reaches just a few more people, I think it was uh, time well spent. Almost forgot to ask, but uh, there's a report in the Star, 11 Toronto police employees have tested positive for COVID. Yes, I've seen that uh, same report in the Star. Um, I I would say that I don't know, I don't have any knowledge on where the... um, where the source of infection was, and, and that's naturally what jumps to people's mind. But police officers are uh, frontline workers, just like um, um, uh, paramedics, just like people working in hospitals. Heck, even just like people in the grocery store, and, and uh, they're facing people every day. So I, I, I am sympathetic to them being um, to being worried about this. But uh, also statistically, it's a very large um, uh, workforce, several thousand people. And, uh, you know, some of that is, is likely related to travel. That's what the stats tell us. But we just really don't know the source of those infections. And I do know the police are, are working very hard to take steps to reduce any risk of infection. And, you know, we know there's been a lot of discussion about the number of police officers in, in a single car. But uh, I think they're doing their best to manage all this and keep the officers safe. And by the way, are you guys conducting virtual council now or has just council been put on ice? It's a very good question. Uh, today, as of today, it's still put on ice, um, so to speak, or, or the the, item, the council meetings have deferred, but um, we do know one is going to be coming. And my suspicion is, uh, for the first time ever, we'll be looking to electronic means to do that. But I, we don't know yet. I think the, the clerks are working on that, both logistically and what um, our bylaws say about making it happen. But um, we can't wait forever. We're going to have to make some decisions uh, as part of this process, um, you know, as part of the way that the emergency unfolds. So uh, I believe councillors are ready to rise to that occasion uh, without a doubt. All right. Uh, we'll stay in the loop. Stephen, thanks a lot for your time. Hey, thank you. And you know what? Uh, a blessed Passover and a happy Easter. And uh, a reminder, everybody, that this will be a different time uh, this go around. You might not be able to spend time face-to-face with your family, so pick up the phone. Uh, make a video call. It makes a difference. Take care. Amen. Amen to that. And to you, Stephen Holiday, Deputy Mayor, Council Ward 2 at Tobacco Centre. On that virtual council thing, you know, uh, there's talk of Parliament up in Ottawa uh, doing the virtual thing and The Conservatives, especially in the opposition, are saying, no, no, we want to hold Trudeau's feet to the fire on some of these spending excursions of late and uh, have them be accountable. 
Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 